Hello and welcome everybody to episode 13. I'm your host Derek. This is Slingin' Nonsense and here with me again is my buddy CJ. CJ, what's happening? How are you, D? It's good to be back. It is good to be back. Um, We're going to kind of get off of uh, the normal schedule of uh, BSing with each other for a little bit about what our lives have been like uh, because we have a guest today that we don't want to keep waiting. Um, He is a prolific friend of cj's um, i'm gonna pass it off to cj and let you do the uh you do the Good word prolific prolific uh yeah you know we have a, a special friend of ours um uh, th- i met i met through my brother actually um so on the line we have mr jeremy prize jeremy prize is owner and operator of prize brewing company and would you say north minneapolis northeast minneapolis jeremy um, no, we are we are nor- near north is what it is. Near north. Yeah, near we're near north. north. All right. Yeah, because we're not northeast. We're actually yeah. on this side. So like the north side. Of northeast would technically be across the river, right? Yeah. That's right. right. I just didn't want to put you on Broadway Avenue, like right on Broadway and or in the north side of Broadway and scare He's people off away. Broadway. Well, that's all. I mean, that's all totally different now. I mean, there's like massive condos there now. Like it's yeah. all opened up. Oh, and fancy. basically the way you see it is it's being consumed by the city. So it's just like what you thought the city is now just expanding and just getting more and more. So just go there and check it out. So Jeremy is uh, the brewer, head brewer at Prize Brewing. And how long have you been open now, Jeremy? How long have you been, how long have you been uh, brewing in general? Uh, so professionally, this is my 12th year uh, at our location. It's been seven years. Um, and then you started uh, at Lucid. Yep. So I was at Lucid. Nice. I did everything basically myself. I was the first employer, obviously, but brewing it, packaging it, delivering it, selling, kind of doing all the avenues of the job and then, um, creating it and just kind of after three, three and a half years, it was time to really start taking this to the next step because I was, it was just a lot of work by myself. And so we just, uh, had proof of concept approached banks and they were like, yeah, you've, uh, you've done this for three years now. You have more more stats than anybody we know. And so we got our loan and the rest is history. Found a place, beautiful place right on the river. And nice. uh, it's That's it's fantastic. Home. So that's that's the home, original home, always been the home of Prize Brewery. Mm-hmm. It was like, as far as searching though, I mean, this was like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, as I drive around the cities, I'm always like, that's Prize Brewery, almost location number two. That's Prize Brewery, <laughs> almost location number 25. <laughs> so this is like somewhere around like 35 or 40. That yeah, we found oh it. my God. We found our home. Yeah, so did you start with like magical. any... Uh, like home brewing or was mm-hmm. it just straight into like a actual brewery and learning there? No, I, I just, I've done, I just like to put my toe into everything. So like we, I've made meads, I've stilled stuff, I've made beer, I've made cellos, I've made just kind of whatever you want. I've made my own absinthe garden, grew my own so hops. made some cellos? Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then I and then I turned and then I turned like thirty five, and I was like, "That's uh, those are too harsh." But uh, mm-hmm. the they're beautiful cellos, like you would just <laughs> not no, not the cello, like orange cello, limoncello, lime cello, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, oh, I was thinking an instrument. Where does the can, is the canoe next or what? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I one hundred percent thought the instrument. Well, it's kind of like you know, if you if you want to have something like the way I feel alcohol is or just a, a beverage and you do things and when you enjoy things you're going to have some kind of beverage with you and i really feel like there's a responsibility that you have as you create something or be the creator of something and take you through the whole experience and so just that i just kept doing that stuff and making things and i just want to make everything my own and you know 
Nice. Tell us a little bit about campfire. your origin story. Like, have you, did you, were you in high school and you were like, I wanted a brew or, or like just testing that? I mean, <laughs> I, like you say, you, you've been doing things all along and that just, yeah. just feel like this was the right avenue. Like you wanted to make a career out of it. How did that kind of spawn about? Um, so it kind of like, it's kind of one of those things that you, you do something and then you do something else and it kind of all makes sense when you put them all together that you actually didn't know at the time. So I went to high school, graduated, uh, ended up going to, college for graphic design and marketing uh, and then secondary marketing and then I uh, ended up actually working for the college and doing IT support even though nice. I was let, not a big IT guy I just really understood it really easy and then I continued to do that um, actually I should back up uh, while I was going through high school um, I was actually a cook and so I cooked for about seven years in numerous restaurants really and it was just cool yeah I worked like either the broil or the main or basically just a line cook or a chef basically okay. for seven years working in numerous nice. places and then um, at the point where I graduated high school then at that point then I was like I was like cool let's do this college thing because I definitely don't want to be doing this forever you know as I looked at like my kitchen manager just like cursing at the world and kicking buckets <laughs> and hating life and so it really inspired me to kind of do something next step the next step was doing like you know graphic design because who can who can really say like your art is terrible oh it's expression so i was like i'm yeah. gonna do this and so <laughs> exactly. i end up really getting um into the computer and not so much the design part and so i just really loved how the functionality of things happened and then i became friends with my teachers and then um ended up graduating and then getting a job at like the most prestigious um, networking it break and fix kind of place and nice. then for like the next several years then um I worked and supported local schools and like all around schools, high schools, grade schools, Manitowoc High School. So I'm from Greenbow, Wisconsin. So basically Eastern Wisconsin. And uh, I just loved it. And then, um, and then all of a sudden one day that kind of like, I was like, you know, I kind of want more than this. And, uh, and I, I broke up with my girlfriend and I was like, we're done. We're not getting back together again. <laughs> and then uh, I so applied an Apple. easy is what you're saying. Yeah. No, I mean, like we were <laughs> like, you know, like it's just, you know, Green Bay is pretty small. And so you just end up seeing a lot of the same people. And so you just like, I just applied. I did it. I applied at Apple and, you know, and the next thing I saw, I found myself uh, in California and Minneapolis yeah. and just like worked for Apple. And when Steve Jobs was reigning youthful and worked there for about 16 years and, nice. and then, uh, well, Jesus, into technologies. <laughs> I'm actually 42. Uh, and then, uh, and actually the I'm youngest one here. this month. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't you hear may, that often. You, I mean, you maybe feel like a piece of shit because I'm 44 and I haven't done what you've done. So, <laughs> oh well, you know, I mean, it's not what I do is not for everybody, though. You know, it's it's just this is this is what we call hard work, CJ. CJ, you're a late. Oh bloomer. yeah, I forgot that part. <laughs> I don't do hard work. No, that's not no, me. You did a good. You've actually done a really good job in your house, though. I've enjoyed the pictures. Oh, thank but you. um, I didn't do any of that, so that's that's good. Thanks. Well, I it's, you're, you know, your project coordinator is what we call your job. That's fine. Oh, like, yeah. I want that a little bit to the left. That's perfect. Thanks. Point and his wife, is a, his wife is a project yeah. manager. That's right. Yeah. Of him. That's great. Well, somebody, what do they say? They say, if there wasn't like, you know, if somebody wasn't, if there wasn't at least four people watching the job, then nothing would be getting done for there, the one yeah. guy that's doing the work. It's like a tree know, falling like in that. a forest. That's right. Yeah. Does it actually happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So uh, in the uh, in the reality of things, what happened was is I ended up doing technology. Then I worked for Apple. Then I left Apple, worked for a mobile technology company, and then after mobile technology company, then I worked for uh, Victoria. Had a contract with Victoria's Secret, and then I didn't want to work and fly anymore because at this point I'm getting older, and I just I don't want to live in hotels anymore. And so I 
uh, stayed in Minneapolis and then I got a job at Carlson, which was bought out again, worked there for about seven years. And in my time there, I was just kind of done with IT. I think IT is fantastic for a certain time in your life. I don't think it's a forever and it wasn't for me, but maybe it's for some other people. I just strive for more. And actually I found myself wanting to do more things. I wanted to make people smile again by by creating something for them. And so that really kind of like brought back the cooking stuff. And so nice. in Minneapolis, what a food centric place we live in, I really wanted to like, see if I could get a job for whatever reason, uh, working like every, like one day a week and like every Saturday at a restaurant just to like cook again and get in that zone where you're just like turning and turning and turning, which is so great. Um, nice. but that unfortunately nobody would ever hire you for one day a weekend. Yeah. They're like, what do you, what, how good can you really be if you're only working one day a weekend? So, <laughs> um, I started forming my own company and talking to lawyers and stuff. And then, uh, basically in the end, it, long story short is if you take all the finesse and the creating the artisanship that I had during my, my chef days, and you, you mix them in with your technical ability in computer science, you basically in process, you basically have a brewer. Right. It's, it's, it's yeah. organic chemistry and technical process and the repeatability and, you know, nice. being able to relate that. And, you know, if somebody likes one of my beers, they should try other ones. It's kind of the same analogy that, you know, if you, if you have somebody that makes like hamburgers and if yeah. you like their hamburgers, you should try something else on their menu because that means that your, your senses or your flavor palettes are very within, are very similar to each other. Something that's conceptually put together really well, you're going to conceptualize other things as well. So nice. one of the, Beers that I feel like you're, you know, to that point that you're most well known for is Miraculum, Prize Miraculum. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of the most widely distributed uh, across Minnesota, across the country. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many, uh, how many states would you say you're in, Jeremy? You're, uh, so we're only in one. We do just Minneapolis. We see ourselves as a destination brewery, but places have came in and bought like a truckload of things and like truckload of raspberry sour and then delivered it to as a because that's their business right they like would buy a whole truckload and they would sell it like we're the only place you can get this to other places yeah. and so they would send it so technically we've been in probably like 35 states but really we really only support mini minnesota and so i think it's awesome what you're doing because that really like it forces you to kind of hone in on on what you have and it's hard it's harder to do it the way i'm doing it right <laughs> it's very right, it's right, very right. expensive and it's harder to do it this way <laughs> but, but i love it the thing so, is is we we get to control what we're releasing so like if you have a distributor they're like they'll just tell you like you are ipa and that's all i want and then you're a brewery like what do you mean i want to make all this other mm -hmm. stuff and they go mm -hmm. but we don't want that we just want this one thing from you but if we self-distribute, it allows us, when you just have one brand basically at a liquor store, I can do eight of them and I can change it up as much as I want to, like different seasonal stuff, annual stuff, whatever. And so I really have control over my brands. And in addition to that, if there's an issue or whatever, somebody knocked over a case, we can easily come in there or like say like uh, your taps junk and you need replacement. Like we manage our own, everybody's taps and we do everything ourselves. So we have more of that impact by, you know, dealing with our customer firsthand versus just this, you know, this other place. Distributors are great and you need them, but like you need them when you need them. But if you don't right. need them, just do the work and, you know, you'll get farther. So I wanted to dig into Miraculum a little bit because that sure. is your biggest beer, right? And, and you said you have to hand things off. So is that one where you have, pass that off like the formula the the recipe is there you pass that off so it allows you the time and uh, energy to put into some of your other projects that you're working on or is that something you still have the ability and time to hang on to it um so like basically in the professional brewing world 
Um, what happens is when you have your recipe done, we have organics that change every year, right? And so, like, really, Miraculum is pretty set. Our malt is pretty set. Like, the beers are basically set until we get new equipment. But, like, right now, we're I'm set. I spent, you know, better part of seven years just continually tweaking it. And it's, ba- it's basically, Miraculum's great based upon our equipment. So what really is more important is selecting the hops because it is a Midwest, West Coast IPA, right? And so, like, the hops will change the profile of the beer if they're different. And so what I do every year is I go to Yakima, and what I do is I do uh, hop selection. And then they yeah. but basically Yakima, I go Washington. there, yep, which is where most hops come from. And they, they put you on a table, and they have a whole bunch of different ones. And you just go through and smell them, and you crush them in your hand, and you smell them, and you crush them, and you smell them. And what you're doing is, is you're not trying to pick out your favorite hop. Like, I was like, man, this is amazing. I'd love to use this hop. You can't just pick that for Miraculum. You have to pick the hop that is for Miraculum. So when you go there and I want Simcoe, cause Simcoe is a major hop that's in Miraculum. I literally go, I'm like, these are all too fruity. These are all too this. This is not the characteristics to have it. So basically I just, I, I choose the right thing, the right hop that is the right acre or whatever for Miraculum. And that right there by itself is a very huge responsibility because it shapes it and it's what Miraculum will be for the next year. So what are the, one of the, most difficult things i imagine coming from the wine world that you would have to do is from year to year be able to match that up without having a a constant with that simcoe like how do you go i mean i i'm sure you've got a a fantastic palette and just like it seems like as you graduate as as you continually drink beer your palate's going to change over time like i think that all of ours do <clears throat> how do you keep it a constant with miraculum and that simcoe hop so that it's so similar year after year uh well due to selection like when they grow a certain hop there's like several like thousand acres of simcoe and so my notes and things that like, so what you're talking about is the emotional attachment to something. But if you don't do an emotional attachment to something and you take notes and you know what the characteristics are of something that you formed, it really kind of takes out your, my palate has changed because while your palate has changed and you prefer to have something else, it doesn't mean Miraculum has changed or the f- many fans that Miracul- that enjoy Miraculum. So there's a responsibility for repeatability as a head brewer, especially for the raw ingredients that I have to make it taste the same all the time. So like year after year then, as you're going there and getting more of this, of this hop, I think I'm I'm guessing CJ, what you're trying to kind of say is how do you, how do you, I mean, is it pretty consistent year to year that that same hop will produce the same notes that you're looking for to put into each batch of the Miraculum or is it kind of like, I'll just, I'll just keep asking for new samples until I get what I want. I'm Mm -hmm. like, nope. Next, well, nope. <laughs> Next, and I might go through. I might go through. Like last year, I went through fourteen different samples, and I was like, "This is it." And they also, when they pick their hops, they do sensory, like extensive sensory. And so when I say what I want, like this year when I go back, which is only a couple weeks away, they'll have all the things laid out of the things I've asked for in the past because they also have a database of what I need for Simcoe. So nice. as they do sensory, they already know. They'll already put something in front of me that I want. It's whether or not that I think it's what I want. And then so really it's just like I'll look at my notes. I'll say I want woody and onion and all the stuff. And while things are very hops are being grown for like fruitiness and stuff, that's not what I want out of Simcoe. And like it's Simcoe is also not the only hop. We also have Centennial and Cascade and Superglina and all this stuff. But like the predominant hops are really easy because if it's not like that, it will literally change 
miraculum the whole year. And so um, in an unemotional response, I just have to look at my notes and I stick to those things. And just the responsibility of that brand, especially, you know, obviously my first brand ever, um, I basically have that 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 taste deadlocked in my in my yeah. head. In a, in addition to, I prefer drinking that beer all the time. <laughs> well, that took away one of my questions. I was just going to ask what your favorite was, but apparently that's your favorite of your beer, children. Yeah, I drink I drink Miraculum. Like if I'm around a fireplace, I have Miraculum. If I'm at a night place, I want to celebrate. I usually have like there's all these brands that I'm able to make, and I love the brands, and they all have like a place in my heart to like where I am or where I'd be if I'd want one. If I'm on the beach, I'd have one of my sour series, a raspberry sour. If I'm if I'm like you know on a rooftop somewhere or the anything any one of the sours that i do the pineapple would be on the beach the peach be maybe going from the beach back to the house you know i just released a blueberry in the tap room uh, nice. that kind of creates the the four multi-pack and it's the final one that i know that i'm being asked for um for the sour series which is really fun um it's called the royal series but um they all have a thing and they all have a feeling behind them and so like if you say like what do you think about this beer i'd be like oh i'm mowing the lawn or if it, what's this i'm on the beach what's this <laughs> oh i'm i'm golfing you know like whatever it is they all yeah. have feelings for them so um i'd say they all have a place in my heart not just because they're my beers but because they all have a portion of a person's life that you could do yeah um, even though it's you know it's a alcoholic beverage but the miraculum is one that like if i'm at a at like a company event or there's just like say somebody just brought a bunch of beer and, that I work with or something and they have a cooler. I'll just, I'll always look for a Miraculum. I don't know why. I just, I love it. I think it's just a great beer. So nice. play that in reverse. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, none of these beers that I'm drinking fit. So I want to create something that fits like this. the activity, fix the activity, uh-huh. you know, like, uh, what's the, uh, what's the game you guys, the game you guys play up in Duluth, the chair, um, the chair oh, game. golf, golf chair, golf chair, <laughs> golf chair. So like, I got, I got, I got, I got to back Shout this up Paul. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Paul. So I got to back this up a little bit because uh, Jeremy is good friends with my brother, and that's how that's kind of how I know in part um, in Jeremy. And yes, yeah, I, I, I was to actually ask how I was you guys actually supposed to be. I was supposed to be at your Thanksgiving this last year, but I heard you changed the dates, and so I didn't go to your Thanksgiving. That's the meanest. Is that the, the meanest thing in the world? Yeah. Like, I was like, I told my kid, I was like, dude, we're going to go see uh, the Brecht family. We're going to have a huge turkey and stuff. And, they're, hang out and the your lake. mom. No, your mom's so excited because she's got all this ice cream for you. And then, like, a week before, I was like, sorry, man. Dude, canceled. have you had their mom's gnocchi? No, I haven't. It's ridiculous. No, no she, had, she had ice cream. And just like anybody, they'd like, you know. They would just keep giving him candy, and so she right did like now, a master class very... for us one time, where she taught us all to make gnocchi. It was bomb. Oh then, yeah, that's so good. I like it from, sc- from scratch, like right after we finished the kitchen here. And oh, it's uh, perfect. She came yeah. up. Yeah, it's one of those things. My mom was born in Italy. I think you know. Um, yeah. And her mom always made no potato gnocchi from scratch, and so she finally came over and taught us, and we we had a little. A fun session. It's just like it's just like Lexi's parents, right? Their seasonal holiday is always lefsa. They just get together and they make lefsa. And then like mm-hmm. if it, if you get it when it's warm, it's just like just like melts in your mouth. It's crazy. Nice. So you have favorite beers to drink. What are some of your favorite beers to make? Um, I would say my favorite beers, which are the most challenging beers to make, are probably my Idle Four series. So like the a Wine lot hybrids? of my Y hybrids. I'm this in actually two weeks. I think I'm releasing a uh, cider hybrid. So um, oh, nice. I go to South Minnesota and I pick my own apples. And then I I actually just got a grinder. It's amazing. Uh, I used to last year I borrowed keepsakes 
apple grinder and it worked really well um <laughs> but i wanted something that i didn't have to like do one apple at a time now i could just like put a bushel in there oh yeah and i got it for 50 bucks and i'm so happy for it it was just an Keep- opportunist keepsake uh so they are the spontaneous natural spontaneous apple orchard uh cidery ah. and so okay. nate is the head guy there so if you haven't had it it's, it's amazing stuff but he uses the bacteria that's in the apples to make all this product and then they're bottle conditioned like kind of like i do my series yeah and um they're all in bottles and they're just beautiful and and so in fact um next month i'm actually I, i've been became friends with them so we're actually releasing a uh collaboration where I used his apples and then used the bacteria that was on those apples. And then I blended it with my barrels and then I made a cider hybrid. And so now we have this beer that's been conditioning for like eight months and it's ready to get released next nice. month. And so those are kind of fun. And so What's that's usually a, the uh, apple of choice for that? Oh, there is no just one apple. It's oh, you like, just kind of get whatever. It's like, it's like, no, no, not whatever. It's like, he's got, I mean, he's a real cider master, right? So he's okay. studying underneath this guy from England. Uh, English? I can't remember his name. But he, uh, no, he's like, we need Russlets here and North Star and these other things. And he's like, and he'll, and Russell and like, and all these, I mean, he knows all the apples. And so he like comes up with the, like, uh, like he's like, crab apples are always the best, but they give you a smoky flavor. So you balance that with this and, and like, you know. It's just, it's awesome. Like when I look at grain and hops, he looks at apples. So if I say like, it's just whatever apples, he'd be like, shun on you, sir. He's uh-huh. like, there's no just distinct one apple. There are many a thousands of apples. And so like, it's been really cool to learn from them. And, and so, but for my release, I do all the apples that he says aren't good for ciders. And I'm like, these taste great. So I'll do like Halverson's <laughs> and like, yep. my friend has like a hundred apple trees. And so we just go there and we take a bite of it. And we're like, tastes sure. sweet. And so we just like, <laughs> and so we just put them together and, uh, and we would make sure that they're not starchy. So like yeah. we're starchy and it tastes starchy, but they're like sweet and throw a quick iodine test on, make sure the seeds are black. And if they're black, then they're done. And so we made, a we made this, uh, my own cider hybrid on top of, um, in addition to, uh, the collaboration and so mine gets released i think in like a week or two and his gets released next month and beautiful artwork that we've created and i'm really excited about it i was uh, gonna ask you about the artwork with your uh, background and graphic design and everything do you because you guys bottle some too right it's not just all tap no it's it's 100 bottled so it's all bottle condition this is like traditional lambic goose influenced by you know, the Belgians. And uh, so I'm an understudy to Thomas, which is the head brewer from um, Timmermans. And so I've, uh, over the last six years, I've been asking him questions and he is like open to share all these things with me. And so nice. now it's uh, it's allowed me to build a structure around what I do. Like I have a system. It's kind of like the same thing where I told you when you said, how's the difference between like, if you, how to make it consistent. It's mm-hmm. really just not about, feelings at that point when you're processing something it's about following direction and making sure that you have you build your stable ground so it's repeatable Mm -hmm. um the the fun artistry is when the blend happens and so that's the different action of it so everything else is very systematic and stuff so so like as um, far as the bottles go graphic design you're probably pretty are you pretty uh into the design of the bottles too oh no it's well so idle forest is a hundred percent me in idle forest. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's all my thing. I don't 
prize, when I deal with prize, prize is a machine. And so we all, I help with recipes and process and procedure and stuff, but there's a marketing team and they do social media. When we look at Idle Forest, I do all the social media. I do all my stuff, my tags. Nice. Um, this year we're doing collaboration with, uh, in, with um, a brewery out of Portugal um, and then possibly Prague and then at Timmermans in Belgium, which is pretty cool. Um, nice. And then we just got an invite to go to Norway and participate in a wild sour program. Last year, I got sent to the uh, Hofstra Mall Invitational for my wild sours. Um, so I love all my friends in Belgium; they're <laughs> they're amazing, and I can't wait to see them again. I can't make all the dates happen, uh, but I try very hard because I have two kids, and my wife says no a lot, and so I just have to <laughs> I just have to make it work. But the um, but it's like with the art; it's like me and my friend. I've known him for. I've lived in Minneapolis now for 20 years, 21 years. Um, I've known him for about 20 years of them and he's a really cool artist. And so we, we go together and we just talk through why things make sense. And we kind of come up with a way for, it's not just a drawing or it's not mm-hmm. just beautiful piece of art. There's a conceptualness that makes it and ties it to the beer that you would only know or see it if you looked at several years or what it is. And so um, there's a brand kind of feeling that we kind of put up and usually it's like something's dying or being killed or something or starving or something. But like, <laughs> it's kind of like, the, well, it's kind of like the creation of life, right? Like, and yeah. so that's kind of what I'm going. So if you haven't seen our artwork, definitely uh, look at our, our uh, stuff at prize. Yeah. They're that's amazing. I think I, I had a, a number of those beers and I, I'm always enamored by what you're able to pull off with those things. Cause I, it's just like a, a living, breathing thing. That, yeah, they're uh, they're living and they're totally living. They're like they'll change every year. There'll be something else, and they'll they'll change. And when I bottle them up, uh, it's all about the blend. And so you don't actually know what they're going to taste like in a year or two years. So when people say, "When do you you know if I buy this thing, like when should I open it?" I said, "Whenever you want to open it. Like yeah. if you buy it, you should probably have it right now." But people. Go. People do weird things, so <clears throat> don't just don't buy just one. Buy four. Yeah. Have one now. Have one six months from now. Have one a year from now. Have one two years and four years from now. Yeah. Because well, we constant change. Constant change, but there's also new products too. So I would say buy two, buy one for now and one for in like six months or a year, but whenever you want to, special occasion. But like, I'm getting one. I'm releasing one out because when I when I when I plan the beers out. They don't get released for the year. They get released for two years. So like every beer that you have in a bottle that you're buying has been, it's probably like three and a half years old. Mm. So like these beers take a long time. They condition for eight months. Then they do their second fermentation for at least a year, year and a half. And then they came from a base that's already like two and a half years old. So like these things just, it's I kind of say, you know, like, why are these my favorite things? And I always often say the analogy where if you, you can always taste and try like a mango blonde, right? And it tastes like mango Mm -hmm. and blonde beer. So it really just tastes like a candy pop or something, right? Yeah. But if you use mixed culture and spontaneous, it's like reaching up and picking a mango from the tree. And when you grab it, it's like gushing the overripeness down your arm. And then you take a bite and it's just so overripe. And the depth of flavor that you have from that, that flavor you could only create by using bacteria and natural bugs versus like, here's a blonde beer and here's some, you know, mango extract, which tastes like, you know, mango candy or whatever. Yeah. So like the difference is, is that really it's about developing flavor and character 
above and beyond what you can do with any other beer. And I feel like this program has just grabbed my attention. And the fact that I can make, you know, <laughs> I can make alcoholic beers with the air that you're breathing right now. <laughs> like, that's just so crazy. I just, yeah. I love it. It just really brings the out kind of, my nerd. The, kind of the spontaneous fermentation where you don't have to add anything. You just let it Nothing. go. Uh, so a lot of these things that you're doing are, are fantastic and you got recipes for a lot of stuff. What are the, some of the challenges that come about that you run into where like you, you beat your head against the wall and wonder how do I get around this or that? Uh, in this program, um, the issue is that sometimes the barrels or the bacteria don't do what I want them to do. And I try to steer them in the right direction. And ultimately what I do is I am a guider blender so i blend to guide the uh, bacteria to produce a flavor like so imagine having 72 barrels right and then imagine having i have four fooders and so what i do is those fooders have a flavor and so i'll take a really cool tasting barrel and i'll grow it up to a fooder let's sit in the fooder for a while and grow up more things and prop things and whatever um sometimes those barrels taste great initially and sometimes those barrels just turn because it's a war and like that's not controlled and there's things that i do that help guide it, like how many IBUs I put in solution, like where it's going, but ultimately air. I mean, like if you do mixed culture, mixed culture is controlled bacterias and um, and uh, and yeasts and fungus to control it, hopefully guide it in the right direction based on what it has. Spontaneous is just different. There's, instead of like one, two or three, there's millions, right? And so like sometimes it, it's hard to like control and like, and so, like, you'll start getting flavors that are <laughs> not desirable in the United States. That in other places, they probably say, like, this is great. But, like, you know, we like a lot of clean things and a lot of, you know, more strong, prominent flavors. And so sometimes those flavors change. And, um, and so controlling those are probably the most difficult thing that I've ever done besides raising a kid. But that's a different story. <laughs> Always a different story. So letting yeah. that, I mean, just, uh, to to expand upon that, it, we're in we're in Minneapolis. We're in the heart of Minneapolis. We're you know, well, mm -hmm. it's a little bit different now that COVID traffic has cut down a little bit. But yeah. you know, we're letting the air and everything around us uh, affect how these things are 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 brewing. Do you find yourself wanting to experiment with getting out of the city with these things and getting to like what might be considered cleaner, pure air? to see how that might change things, you know, just like the terroir of a wine, mm -hmm. like the soil so, and things like that. Yeah. But the problem that you have when you go into like, we'll call it an apple orchard or something is the biodiversity. And so like in the city, you'll notice in, in Belgium, like say like Cantillon for a reason, uh, they are in the middle of the city. Uh, there are smokestacks. There's a dirty diaper factory across the street like what there's just shit <laughs> everywhere right it's in the middle of the city and like it's not like they're like a western city they're it's it's belgium right brussels so um so the bacteria the bacteria biodiversity really gives me more different flavors and cultures and fast things you can definitely do it uh in the woods or wherever you want to um and you probably get basically probably the same results um i don't think it really does anything else you'd have different bacteria because really when you do spontaneous it's a celebration for the night or the day right because it's like if you did it if you did a cool ship that day versus the next day the next day is a whole different thing 
So really, when you cool ship, you're like, this is a celebration of, you know, uh, August 23rd, 2023. Like tomorrow, different story, different bacteria. But I would say that uh, the biodiversity based upon living in the city is actually something that is celebrated versus going somewhere else. But would you get something else different? Sure. I mean, I have that based upon the spontaneous collaboration I did with Keepsake, right? And there's taste definitely different than mine which wasn't spontaneous my cider hybrid mine i did with mixed culture so i took my mixed culture barrels and then i blend it together and mine has more of a tart flavor and it's more fruity and it's not very funky it's very it's very fruity and really really nice uh his spontaneous uh, lends his hands of like a more of a funky like a like a blue cheesy flavor which i just i love it so much it's so good but it's it just shows you that they're so different and uh you know, it's just really cool. It's a great collaboration, and uh, I'm pretty sure we'll do another one in the next couple of years. There's so much bacteria everywhere, and then the war happens, right? Like it's like the you're also highlighting the fact why I find this to be the most interesting thing in in beer, because like it's spontaneous. Like you have you can only guide it, but you have no control. And like I did my first spontaneous today, tastes like pineapples, huh. but there's no pineapple in it. It's incredible. <laughs> And then sometimes it tastes like mango and sometimes it tastes Weird. like cherries and there's none of that stuff in there. And it's just, it's absolutely incredible. Like I just, I, it's in my, my, in my sense, it's the true artisan of the form. It's amazing. That's why I'm so fascinated about wine because none of those things are added or even. Yeah. It's boring. Suggested. Wine's, <laughs> wine's boring. It's just, it's just, you put some juice in the thing, you put some, you kill all the bacteria in it and then you put some yeast into it and you're like <laughs> the terroir, the terroir, the terroir. Well, what and I was, was like, what do you say, mean? I was, I was like, what do you say mean? about like, like the notes and everything? It was, it was yeah. interesting to me that like, you're talking about like notes of onions and like blue cheese and stuff like that. Whereas like CJ dealing with all the wines and stuff that he's dealt with and all the exposure I've had to that throughout the years. It's like, you know, notes of raspberries and blackberries right. and tobacco. And so, some lady so said uh, bandaid so one time. It's so simple. It's so simple. But that's because it's so simple because you kill everything, right? You use cannabis tablets and you kill everything in it. <gasps> and then you just put, and you put some clean yeast in there and you let it sit and you bottle it. And you're like, and you're like, $5,000. And you're like, what do you mean? You didn't, you didn't even, you didn't even do any, you like barely did anything. You're just like, hard, man. Some graves. he's all hopped up like, on chili cheese burritos. That's right. Well, the thing is, is like, I also respect the grape though. And I respect the grape where it's grown more than I do the wine because like, I also pick my own grapes, right? So here in Minnesota, I've got, uh, it comes out, I think in a couple of months, uh, it's the Prairie star grape that I pick here myself. Um, it's a fantastic grape. Like we all know, like Cab Sauv, Sauv Blanc, we know Pinot Grigio, we know all these, uh, we know Pinot Noir, we know all these grapes from California, right? And they're great. And the, and the minerality and the soil is fantastic. And that's a terroir, but really the terroir develops the flavor and the grape that what it presents us. Um, here in Minnesota, I would say that the current conditions aren't hot enough typically um, to make a good red wine grape. But what I do have is here is we have excellent white grapes, right? So I do elder vice um, and then Prairie star. And then I just, I just talked to somebody about getting, buying their, uh, their um, Froniac gris white grapes. And they taste like this beautiful, like cotton candy or like this, like really cool huh. citrus colors or flavors that like, I'm really excited about using and so i'm gonna keep doing these white wines and go there and i pick them and i cut myself because the scissors are too sharp but it's, uh, <laughs> it's fun and i'll take them and i'll take the grapes i'll bring them in house 
and then I'll do carbonic maceration and then I'll add my own fruit press. So then I'll press all the juices and then I'll throw them in a barrel. I'll blend whatever I think will blend them up right. And then I'll let them sit for a year and a half or two years when they're done. And then, um, and then I'll put them in bottles, let them sit for another eight months and then I'll slap a label on them and talk about them. You said a lot of geeky things right there. Carbonic maceration for anybody. Yeah, if you're going to be macerating, you should do that in the privacy of your own brewery. Essentially a whole berry fermentation. <laughs> yeah, the berry. You, it is carbonated the berry. You throw it all in there. You don't crush it. You let it, you let it ferment. You slightly crush it. You, no, you slightly crush them. You like, because you want to break the skin. CG. Yeah, you just lightly crush them. You don't grind them. You just like yeah. lightly. But so after <laughs> all this, you have a couple of beers. And then you find yourself at Taco Bell having a chili cheese, chili cheese burrito. burrito. They don't even have that anymore, I don't think, do they? No, they do. You no, can ask so for they, it. You can, no, you can still do it. So like they the still do it on the menu. No, they still have it, but they're like, they, so when I first I'm fell leading, in love I'm leading the witness here. Leading the witness yeah. with the chili you, cheese burrito. When you first had a chili cheese burrito, it wasn't even called a chili cheese burrito. It was called a Cholito. Cholito. And then right. like, and that was like in the eighties and nineties, probably nineties. Yeah. And then it, it means something vulgar. So then they changed it to the chili cheese burrito in like the two thousands. What does a and Cholito then, uh, mean? You can Google it yourself. <laughs> go to urban dictionary. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Is it like and Mexican then, um, penis? That's exactly what it means. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's exactly what it means. Big, like that big Google. penis or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and so they made it, but the problem is, is they have all these things. And like, every time you get chili cheese burritos, I was like, what? Three fifty, four bucks for a Cholito. And so basically I just like have been working on this for a long time. And so I've, I've now, what I believe to be is mastered the chili cheese burrito at home. And so, uh, everybody that's in my draft, I then say, Hey, everybody, same rules last time. I'll supply the beer and the chili cheese burritos. If you come yep. to my house and do, and do my draft at my house. And so we do this thing in my backyard, super fun every year. And, uh, and it's great. Yeah. So we have a, I bring out my microwave outside and a big, huge bowl of mild fire and fired sauces. I've been collecting over the last like couple months. I was going to so say, what's <laughs> the sauce etiquette on that? As you were so, like, before. Well, the funny story is, is uh, we don't really go up very much. I make most food here, but like when we do go to, uh, well, when Lexi, there was one point where she went to Taco Bell and she got me, I was like, just give me a chili cheese burrito. She's like, how many mild sauce? I'm like, I'm like, 20 all she goes them. why would i waste you 20 i was like i've done 35 in one chili cheese burrito once i'm like i don't i don't know what you're talking don't about. ask so questions she me, so she got me 20 and i used all of them up and nice. i was just proving a point i was just being like no that's <laughs> i just it's like a it's like a mild sauce lollipop and she's like, yeah it's great you need to understand sauce is life it's yeah it's sauce is life that's good, good all right sure. so speaking of uh pairings like perfect sauces with uh perfect chili cheese burritos what from like the standpoint of a of a chef cook uh and now a brewer what do you think in your opinion is the perfect snack to pair with a beer uh it kind of depends on what you're doing so like yeah, miraculum like or beer, something right? that's more hoppy yeah. as a hoppy and so what hoppy is a little bit bitterness that bitterness really cuts through in a flavor and so at that point you're looking at something like contrasts so like if you did like you know like uh, spicy sausage, breakfast sausage, something fatty, maybe like a burger, maybe you do like um, something spicy. That bitterness mm. really cuts through it. And so what you're doing is you're cutting the bitterness, eliminating the flavor, and it allows you just to, you know, drink, eat, drink, eat, drink, eat. And that's a perfect harmony. If you're looking at something that's like, I'm having like a fruity salad, or maybe I have like, you know, chopped strawberries or strawberry vinaigrette on a salad or something like that, or with, with like chopped up oranges or something. 
then you want something fruity that's complementary for it, especially in the later phases of the time. So you'd have like a main squeeze or like a raspberry sour. Um, those things kind of lead you to this like really nice world. If you're having something like like for Thanksgiving, uh, and say you have turkey where you're looking at like a, more of a uh, almost birdie, gamey kind of flavor, um, then I would say Idle Forest has uh, their you know like Cherry Creek mixed culture Creek where it's got more of that really kind of like. Uh, um, uh, funky backbone and so it would complement it by that cranberry cherry uh thing so it basically tastes like thanksgiving in your mouth and so nice. it really kind of comes to like what beer you're having or if you're cutting grass in your backyard well then i'd pair it with the main squeeze because the lemon and the lime just kind of cut through that grass too you know nice. so it's like it's just like you know they all have feelings and they all have like you know things that you're trying to accomplish and ultimately what it wants you to do is either it wants you to eat, drink more, and that's what a perfect pairing is. Love it. That's all I need. I need something that just keeps me coming back for more. Like I want that's right. something that's going to I get through that first one. I'm like, that just wasn't quite enough. I'm going to need another one. So you crack, keep cracking. And yeah. that's what a perfect brewer does. Something that's just, it's, yeah, you're like, we say quaffable in the wine world, right? It's just, you just keep quaffable. Yeah, quaffable. It's just, no, it's quaffable. No, keep going, keep going, go. and uh, keep coming back. I love wine, and I, I've had lots of experiences where I've enjoyed wine in so many different situations, much like you explained to Derek with the beer. Sound like uh, Oprah with bread just now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Great I love great. bread. <laughs> I, love, I bread. love bread. You should eat bread all the time. Carbs carbs carbs, 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 Fresh, fresh out of the oven. Fresh out of the oven. <laughs> uh, do you want me to make you some sourdough, CJ? Oh, let it sit yeah. overnight. Let it sit overnight. Hell you yeah. have to figure out the gluten-free part. That's the only thing. And I have you just need to take the pills. Just take your pills. There's a pill for that. Yeah, just take yeah. a pill. Take your pills. Eat my bread. I have yet enjoy to find. Life. Nor have I. The, <laughs> just, the I, answer I, is I googled, it's worth it. I haven't yeah, googled the gluten-free it. pill yet. I'm going to have to come out there anyways because I want you piqued my interest with the uh, pineapple ones and the blueberry sours. So. Oh, yeah. If they're for my, and the they apple, go, of course. They go quick. They, they sell fast. For do my you guys taste, do like a seasonal uh, pumpkin one or whatever? Uh, we do it every other year. So like one year, like this year we're going to do a pumpkin. Uh, next year we do a barley wine. And so those are our uh, seasonal, annu- uh, seasonal annual biannual ones. So Nice. Jeremy knows this. For me, my my go to I'm mowing the lawn. I'm outside. Course correct is my go to. Yeah, course correct. That thing playing <laughs> yeah. playing Fortnite at one o'clock in the morning. Course, course correct, correct is the th- so that's the one I hit, and I'll suffer with that gluten. But by golly, it's not too bad. That's that's a damn good beer. Yeah, All right. It's so you mentioned Fortnite at one o'clock in the morning. What about like Guitar Hero at one o'clock in the morning? What kind of beer are we talking about then? What's the what's the choice? <laughs> if it was if it was two thousand. 2013 um yeah. it's always 2013 you know if i was raging probably mass haze all right yeah or miraculum i would probably do miraculum or mass haze why because miraculum sits at 6.4 and i never want to go to bed and uh mass haze i think is six point uh 7.6 so it's definitely i don't want to go to bed might have to go to miraculum then. <laughs> just skip because i'm like when i play i want to like toss it over my shoulders and you know what i mean like yeah i want to yeah. really get into the show of it yeah but you don't want to smash the window behind you so i no. do i do miraculum yeah yeah 6.4 but then yeah it's pretty <laughs> i can't believe we didn't talk about what we were drinking so i have a jolly pumpkin yeah, jump it's in a, there it's a spaghetti beer oh nice I like that yeah. i like the 
I like Explain the uh, label there. Jolly Pumpkin. So this is... Uh, Holy, it's Jolly Pumpkin Spaghetti Beer. So Dude, I'm pumped for spooky pumpkin season, so the, I like that I like that uh, label. Well, a lot Jolly of Pumpkin is the brewer? So like, Oh, Jolly Pumpkin is out of uh, Michigan. So um, it's got wheat, dried basil, garlic, salt, uh, plum, tomato, uh, olive wheat, oil, uh, peach, uh, apricots, <laughs> pineapple, and raspberry puree. You Can't just tore my insides out. Take a pill. Take a pill. That's what they're for. You can't do all that with garlic and onion. and It's super delicious. All right, fellas. Let's, <laughs> and as we're wrapping up here, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. Obviously, you all found us here on whatever platform you're usually listening to, but you can find us just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. Again, please like and subscribe, rate, review so others can find us. Can't Email wait us at uh, slingingnonsensepodcast at gmail.com. That's slinging nonsense. Slinging with, without the final G. Slinging no G. Yeah. Sans G. Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you next time. See you.